الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون إنما يتذكر أولو الألباب صدق الله العظيم In a town of Hiran there was a Turkish merchant that lived there who was a very very wealthy person he owned many many orchards of pomegranates apples grapes and he had a lot of mansions as well and in terms of wealth he had a lot of wealth Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with so when people used to look at him many people envied him that Allah Ta'ala had given him so much but he also had a problem and this is what happens many a time we look at the outward appearance of a person this person is driving such a good car he's got such a good home he's got everything of the best but what problem that person is going through only he knows and Allah Ta'ala knows so don't be deceived by the outward appearance of a person now just few weeks ago one friend of ours he's in Gauteng so when we were there he built a new house so he told me come I want to take you and show you the house so I said okay I went with him make him happy a Muslim brother make him happy as well so I went to his house so just the kitchen of the house and just the blinds of the house so much of money he spent you can buy another house for that money but the problem that he got in his life that even with that house he won't find satisfaction he won't find contentment even in that house a few days ago I was speaking to one doctor and I was telling him that I'm not feeling too well but I'm feeling very sleepy so he told me make a lot of shukar to Allah Ta'ala Allah is giving you sleep he's saying so many people I see daily he says they can't get sleep but Allah Ta'ala is giving you make shukar enjoy your sleep so this person also Allah had given him so much of wealth but in spite of that he had a problem and whenever he would meet his family whenever he would meet his friends then he would now discuss the problem with them to try and find the solution to the problem and what was the problem the problem was Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with a daughter and this daughter had come now of marriageable age she was now ready to get married very beautiful young girl very talented and very pious a lot of taqwa also she had in her life and many many proposals came for her as well wealthy boys had come with proposals for her because of the background that she had come from honorable people respectable people they came to get married to this girl but it didn't appeal to the father that was the time where the father would make the decision the mother would make the decision so it didn't appeal to them that we want to accept this proposal so the father didn't accept any proposal so one day he went to one of his farms and he had a person by the name of Mubarak that was working on this particular farm so by chance he just went to that farm and Mubarak was an honest upright person a person of taqwa and he was working on the farm so when he saw that the owner came he came to the owner 
So he met the owner and they started speaking to one another. So now this merchant who is the owner of that orchard, he told him, go and bring me one pomegranate. So he went, he broke one pomegranate, he brought it and he gave it to him. So he opened the pomegranate and he ate from it. But when he ate from it, he found it to be bitter, to be sour. So he got very angry, got very upset with him. He said, so many years you are working here. So many years you are employed by me. But till now you don't know which tree bears sweet pomegranate. That you brought this type of a pomegranate and you gave me. So look at the response of Mubarak. Mubarak said, I was employed to look after your farm. I was not employed here to eat the fruit that the trees bear. Look at that amanat dari, that trustworthiness, that truthfulness, that taqwa that was in this person. So when the owner, he heard this, he was really impressed. He became very, very happy with him. And Allah Ta'ala put in his heart at that time that this is the man who I want in my home. This is the man in whose company I want to remain. When a person has taqwa, this takes a person very fine life. Allah Ta'ala bless us all. Allah bless our progenies. Allah bless every Muslim with this. <clears throat> so he said, I want you to leave this farm and somebody else will take care of the farm. Appoint somebody else. And you reside with me, you stay with me. And I want to stay in your company. So he was happy, Mubarak was happy with this. So they appointed somebody on the farm. And then Mubarak went to stay with his employer. So every day he would sit with him. Mubarak would advise him. He would take benefit from there. But one day this Turkish merchant, again he was sitting in deep thought with a lot of worry, a lot of concern. So Mubarak went to him and told him, what's the problem? Why are you sitting? Why are you so worried? You seem so depressed, going through some problem. What is the problem? So this was the opportunity that he was waiting for. So when he got this opportunity, he tells his employee, he says, yes, I have a problem. And my problem is my daughter has reached marriageable age. And many, many proposals have come. Wealthy boys have come. Honorable boys have come. But my heart doesn't take to any of them. So Mubarak said that this is the worry of every father. That when his daughter reaches marriageable age, that he wants a good son-in-law, a good match for his daughter. And really if you get a good son-in-law, then life becomes a pleasure. And if that son-in-law, he becomes a little difficult, or he's not a good person, he turns out to be an evil person, Allah save us. Then life also becomes difficult, life also becomes unbearable. So this is what he mentioned. So then the employer asked him, he said, tell me Mubarak, what advice do you give me? So he said, the advice that I give you is that follow the sunnat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If you follow the sunnat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you will always be successful in your life. So he said, in light of the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in light of sunnah, that what advice is there? So he said, anybody that went against the sunnat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Anybody that went against the teachings of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was disgraced and he was humiliated. So he said the Jews, when they get their daughters married, what did the Jews do? They look for wealth. That if the proposal that has come, the boy that has come is a wealthy person, they will choose that boy. And he said the Christians, when they get their daughters married, they want looks. If the boy is a very handsome boy, attractive boy, good looking boy, then that's the boy they will choose for their daughter because he's, he's very attractive. And the sunnah and the teaching of Nabi Kareem in this matter is this, that when a boy of taqwa, 
a boy of piety and a boy of virtue comes for your daughter. Maybe he doesn't have the looks. Maybe he doesn't have the wealth. If he has all this, then that is an extra, that is a bonus. But he has taqwa in his life. Then choose that type of a boy. The hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is, That if a boy proposes to you, referring to the awliya, the guardians of the girl, when a proposal comes to you, from such a boy, you're happy with the deen of that boy. You're happy with the akhlaq and the character of the boy. Nowhere money has been mentioned here. Nowhere the status of that boy or the family has been mentioned. Nabi said, get your daughter married to such a person. And if you do not do so, if you're going to hold back that girl from getting married, there will be fitna, there will be fasad that will spread out on the earth. Today, it's before our own eyes. <coughs> When he said this, it is mentioned the employer now, the Turkish merchant, he was so happy, he was so happy. He said that all the problem and the distress that I was going through, all this has been removed. And saying this, he left and he went away. So he went to his wife. And then he tells his wife that this is the advice that Mubarak has given me. So the wife also praised Mubarak on this. She was very happy with this. She says a very wise and intelligent person. So then... The employer tells the wife, why don't we get our daughter married to Mubarak? See, taqwa, where taqwa takes a person. Says, why don't we get our daughter married to Mubarak? So the wife said, no way. How can that happen? He is a servant of the home. He is working for us. What do the people say that we're getting our daughter married to the servant? So the husband told her, he said that in the entire city of Hiran, there is no one that has more taqwa than Mubarak. There's no person that is more virtuous than Mubarak. There's no upright person more than Mubarak. And this is the teaching of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa that we should look for such a boy that has virtue in him, that has taqwa in him. If we have taken Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam as our Nabi, and we prepared to emulate and follow Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then this is the occasion that we should follow the teachings of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa get our daughter married So finally, the wife accepted. She agreed. And when she agreed, that nikah took place. Now, she also had a lot of good qualities in her, a lot of taqwa and a lot of piety in her. So both husband and wife started living together. So much of happiness Allah Ta'ala had given them. And after a short time, Allah Ta'ala blessed them with a son. And this son was named by Mubarak. He named him uh, Abdullah. That's how you get Abdullah bin Mubarak. He named him Abdullah. And this son later on, he became the Imam of Hadith, the scholar of Hadith. In the east and the west, throughout the world, he was recognized as a great imam of hadith. But shortly thereafter, the employer, the Turkish merchant, Mubarak's father-in-law, he passed away. When he passed away, he left behind a huge fortune for his son-in-law, for Mubarak. What did Mubarak do with this money? All this money that was left behind, he took and he spent on the Islamic education, on the dini education of Abdullah. And wherever they could send him, they sent him to acquire Islamic education, good morals, good teachings. They sent him and they spent their money on this. And he was, Dullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi was from Marwa. That's why he's called Marwazi. Marwazi is one of the towns of Khurasan. And at one, at one stage, this particular area, Marwa, which is in Khurasan, great, great ulama, great scholars, great saints, they hail from this particular area. <coughs> So in this way, he educated Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullahi. 
But before Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi progressed in life and he became such a great saint and such a great scholar of hadith, he has a history as well. It is mentioned in his young days. That is why don't give up on our youth. Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi when he was a young boy, he was a carefree boy. He would like to hang around with his friends, go around with his friends. What we'll say till the late hours of the night, party with his friends. This was the life of Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. But his parents, his mother and father had a lot of concern for him. They made a lot of dua for him. They used to give a lot of charity for Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. And they never left Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. They kept their grip on Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi all the time. So Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, he had adopted a lot of evil qualities also. He started playing musical instruments. He started drinking wine. And he came from a very wealthy family. So one day, Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi gathered all his friends in one of the orchards. And there they were having a musical festival. And according to this particular narration, whilst all that singing was going on and drinking was going on, Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi fell off to sleep. When he fell off to sleep, he sees a dream according to this narration. And in the dream that he sees, he notices that there's a Quran Sharif that is open before him. And there is a bird before him that is on a tree. And the bird is reading the verse of the Quran, Alam amanu an Has the time not come that your heart humbles itself for the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala, for the remembrance of Allah wa ta'ala? So when Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, he got up, immediately he broke all those bottles that were there, the bottles of wine that were there, he broke them. And the musical instruments that were there, he broke all the musical instruments. He made Toba, he took a bath, he made Toba to Allah wa ta'ala and never returned to those gunas and those sins again for the rest of his life. That was the effect of the duas of his parents. So his father then gave him 50,000 dirhams, 50,000 silver coins. And he told Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, take this and invest it in some business venture, whatever business you want to do, you take it and you spend it in business, invest it. So he took the 50,000 dirhams, silver coins, and Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi departed on a journey. It is mentioned that he undertook a very lengthy journey. And he went to many, many scholars of hadith. At, at that time, you didn't have the Darulum system where you go to one madrasa and you acquire knowledge from all the ustads in one place. But he went to various teachers and he acquired knowledge of hadith from various teachers. And thereafter he returned, he came back to Marwa. When he returned home, his father heard that my son is back. So Mubarak now came to visit his son, Abdullah. When he came, he said, oh my son, the money that I gave you that you invested, tell me how much of profit have you made? So first he thanked his father. He said, Shukar, Allah Ta'ala reward you. That you gave me this money to invest, to do business with. Allah Ta'ala reward you for this. I'm really grateful. He said, normally when a person invests his money, he invests in such a venture where there's only profit in dunya. But he said, my business investment is such that I've not only invested for dunya, I will get my returns in dunya also. I will get my returns in the akhirat also. So then he pointed out that these are all the kitabs of hadith. This is what I had learned from all this, all my teachers who I had visited. I used this money to visit them and acquire the knowledge of hadith. It is mentioned, his father Mubarak, he became so happy. His face started shining. He started crying. He got up. He embraced Hazrat Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi and he gave him a lot of duas. And then he tells Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, he says, come with me home. He took out another 30,000 dirhams. 
and he gives him another additional 30,000 dirhams. And he tells him that whatever business of yours is still incomplete, which you haven't finished up to this point, that take this 30,000 dirhams and go and complete that business as well. In, in other words, you want to go and acquire more knowledge of deen. No problem, take this money and go and acquire more knowledge of deen. Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, such a scholar he became, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullahi, who's the Imam of the Hanabila Mazhab. He's a student of Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. <coughs> he says Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, when he went around to his ustads and he acquired knowledge, he went to 4,000 ustads. In his life, he went to 4,000 teachers and he acquired knowledge from 4,000 teachers. So many, so much of traveling he had carried out in his life just to acquire the knowledge of deen. But Abdullah bin Mubarak says two personalities who I had benefited very, very greatly from. One was Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullahi and he says the other was Sufyan Thawri Rahmatullahi. Had it not been for Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullahi and had it not been for Sufyan Thawri Rahmatullahi, he says I would have remained a normal person. But it is through these two people Allah wa Taala had blessed me very, very greatly. One day somebody told Abdullah bin Mubarak Rahmatullahi, this was a man that partied his whole life. One day somebody told him that the entire day you stay in your house. You don't even come out of your room. That how is it? Don't you get bored sitting in your house all the time? Abdullah bin Mubarak Rahmatullahi said, that how can I get bored when I'm in the company of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? I'm in the company of Sahaba Ridwanullah That studying the ahadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you are actually in the company of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You're in the company of Sahaba. How can I ever get tired in the company of Nabi Alaihi Sallallahu Alaihi and in the company of Sahaba? And then Allah wa Taala elevated Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. So much of respect, so much of honor Allah Taala gave him. A person that gives his life for Allah wa Taala, Allah will make him shine in the four corners of the world. It is mentioned on one occasion he was about to go to Ruqa, and he was invited to this particular town Ruqa. And Harun al-Rashid, who was the king of Baghdad, he was also invited to Ruqa at this particular time. So one of the one of the workers of Harun al-Rashid, he had a palace in this area. She was working in the palace and from the top floor, she notices there's so much of hustle and bustle. People are so happy. People are making arrangements. So she wondered what is going on here? That so much of arrangement has been made. So she asked somebody that what is happening today? So they said, no, Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi is going to come today. So that is why everybody is waiting that they, at least they can get a glimpse of Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. Just see the face of Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. So she commented and she said, the worker, she commented and she said, she said that in reality, Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, he is the ruler. This is the ruler. It is not Harun al-Rashid because he forces people to come to his kingdom, to come to his palace. Your people are giving their life and they're running between Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. And when Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi had passed away, then Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi went to Imam Malik rahmatullahi in Medina Munawwara. And he stayed with Imam Malik rahmatullahi for a long period as well. Imam Malik rahmatullahi had a lot of love for Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. So it is mentioned on one occasion, Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi comes to Medina Sharif to come and visit Imam Malik rahmatullahi. When he came to Medina Munawwara, Imam Malik rahmatullahi immediately stood up from his place. And he embraced Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. And he greeted him. And then he made Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi sit in his place. So the students were amazed that Imam Malik rahmatullahi was a great scholar of his time. He never stood up for anyone. But when Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi came, he stood up. They didn't know this was Abdullah bin Mubarak. And who is Abdullah bin Mubarak? That how is it that he stood up for Abdullah bin Mubarak? He embraced him. And secondly, he gave him his place and sat next to him. 
So then Imam Malik Rahmatul understood the objection in the minds of the students. So immediately he said that he said this is the great faqih, the great jurist of Khurasan whom Allah wa ta'ala has blessed so greatly. That is why I stood up for him. So Allah wa ta'ala had blessed Abdullah bin Mubarak Rahmatullah very, very greatly. Inshallah we'll continue from this point. One masla that somebody had asked is the masla of many a times grandparents, they have a lot of love for their children. And they like to bring their children to the masjid, for example. Sometimes it is parents that love their children, want to bring their children to the masjid. So they ask, what is the masla in regards to this? That are we permitted, not permitted? So the masla is if it's a very small child that is not of understanding age. And there is a fear that the child has a strong possibility that he will mess the masjid, he will soil the masjid. Then it is makru at tahrimi, almost haram. It is on the level of haram to bring that child to the masjid. And if the child is not of that, there's, not, there's no strong possibility of him soiling the masjid, meaning he knows how to control himself, how to take care of himself, then it's not makru at tahrimi, but it's makru at tanzihi to bring such a child to the masjid. So small children of that age, where there's a fear that they're going to mess the masjid, that is makru at tahrimi, and if they won't soil it, then it's makru at tanzihi. And those that are of understanding age, no problem. By all means, they should be brought to the masjid. They should just be told what is the etiquette of the masjid. Allah Ta'ala give us all the faith, inshaAllah.